0: Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. Welcome to our new series in Ruth. This is my favorite book of the Bible. Our whole teaching plan from the, from the, the launch of this channel last year until now has been to get into this rhythm that, that begins now. We taught John. Uh, <laughs> we taught verse by verse of the gospel of John we taught through the book of acts we learned about apologetics we learned about evangelism we learned about the ordinances of the church and then when the new year came we learned about basic polity church polity and doctrine through 1 corinthians and 2 corinthians and then we established thoroughly you know the 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 office of pastor and we launched our own diaconate board as well through 1 timothy and 2 timothy and titus and now having finished our series radical family we're getting into a groove we're just going to do nothing but book studies with the very occasional topical visit uh until jesus comes back man and so the the, the plan from here is to go verse by verse through ruth now that we've finished that foundation i've spent a year and a half laying the theological foundation for the church i want you when you lead somebody to christ years from now take them back through those teachings okay i want to hear somebody come back to you and say oh man i didn't know pastor jesse used to have hair right actually i have a little bit left Right. That, th- th- that was designed as like one big giant New Believers course. But now in, uh, now that we get to start our our just book studies that are all going to be systematic, I've, I've chosen to reward myself by selfishly choosing my favorite book of the Bible to launch us into this just series of book studies. We're going to go from Ruth to Matthew because those two overlap quite beautifully. All right? the, the genealogy at the end of Ruth appears at the beginning of Matthew. Oops, spoiler. But let's look at the deep roots behind the book of Ruth. When Ruth arrives in Bethlehem, when Naomi and Ruth travel across the Jordan from Moab, they move north and then west, and they cross the Jordan River, probably opposite Jericho, somewhere nearby where the Israelites did the same some 300 years prior. Who knows, but that there may have been a pile of 12 stones somewhere in proximity to where Naomi and Ruth made their way across what was likely at this point just a babbling little brook, not a raging river like it was for the Israelites. They turned south into Bethlehem across the famine-stricken land. When they arrived, it was just in time for the barley harvest. And as they arrive in Bethlehem, they're coming back into God's country. They're coming back into the land that functioned as a theocracy. For a while, and now in the era in which they arrive, it's sort of being presided over by judges, okay? Things had fallen into utter disarray. I mean, uh, they had—they were led by Moses, and even from the very first iteration of the Ten Commandments, you can see, like, that Moses breaks the stone tablets because they're in rebellion against God. Uh, but, but they function like a theocracy. They follow the pillar of cloud by day and fire by night and they arrive at the bank of the jordan river god miraculously brings them across under new leadership a new generation the only two guys to make it across who were there from the very beginning of the exodus were joshua and caleb and now as they arrive in the new land man uh you know god was at work in israel and uh as long as they were obedient to god they were blessed by god when they rebelled against god they lost that anointing and so uh, Joshua led this this profound, uh, this profound campaign, but the, by the time that Naomi and Ruth have arrived in this allocation of the Promised Land, some things have fallen into disarray. Now we're in this era wherein every man did what was right in his own eyes. It sounds like a libertarian dream state, right? But it's, sorry, it's not. I dig you libertarians, I'm with you. Uh, much of the time, except for when it comes to foreign policy, you guys have no idea how to handle nations like Iran, but in this case, in the book of Judges, it was not, it was not an Ayn Randian utopia. Every man doing what is right in his own eyes in the book of Judges was, I mean, the most like gross and violent book of the Bible. The book of Ruth is incredibly beautiful. Its events take place while Judge Jair, J-A-I-R, presided over, uh, presided over the, the, uh, the place where these events take place. And there's a there's there's this seemingly insignificant detail that seems logistical in nature. But as we've seen over and over again, those logistical details have deep roots and, and eternal intentionality. See if you can spot what I'm talking about as we come from Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 19. When you reap the harvest in your field and you forget a sheaf in the field, do not go back to get it. It is to be left for the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow, so that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. This is a directive from God. And there's something sweet about it. It's how God cared for the resident alien. That would be that would be Ruth in the book of Ruth, right? She was a Moabitus and she would have looked like it. She would have been distinctive. Many of the Old Testament laws told the Israelites how to present themselves, and Ruth didn't grow up with those laws. She she did not. She probably didn't show up with her very first outfit being, you know, very uh, Old Testament law friendly, okay? Like, she would have looked distinctive. There are some sweet notes of ethnic reconciliation in the book of Ruth. Uh, Ruth is self-conscious about her, how, how conspicuous she is, and she's shown kindness nonetheless, and this blesses her heart. It's because there's a history between Moab and Israel. Moab was a smaller nation, but God would use them to judge Israel, and they would kick Israel's tail militarily uh, from time to time. And so here's one of these Moabite women gathering in a field. And she's able to work from morning until night and she's she's allowed to come back and pick up the leftovers. And it's because of this verse in Deuteronomy chapter 24, God was providing for Ruth hundreds of years before she was even born. When you reap the harvest in your field and you forget a sheaf in the field, don't go back to get it. Imagine this from the perspective of one of the harvesters who uh, prides himself on his thoroughness and. Finally, once he just forgets a sheaf. Like that forgetfulness was actually ordained of God. When you forget it, don't go back to get it. It's to be left for the resident alien, the fatherless, that could also argue be, uh, be argued to be to be Ruth, and the widow, that's definitely both Ruth and Naomi. So that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. Now that's kind of cool, it takes a different turn, right? It's not just that your surplus, your overflow, the wind falls, the leftovers from the harvest time. It's not just that all of those are to be left for the resident alien and the widow and the orphan. It's also so that you would be blessed because you do this. You're harvesting, you have planted this field, you've waited, now the time is right, and you're gathering hard, you're sweating in the sun, and you're collecting all of the barley, but then it dawns on you, I forgot that corner, I left a sheaf behind. But in that moment, you say, Deuteronomy chapter 24, I'm going to leave that there for someone who's in need to come by and get it. And as a result, I believe God's going to bless me. So you do this, you do this out of obedience to God. You don't do it motivated by the blessing. You do it because God instructed you to. And the reason that God instructed you to is that he was taking care of Ruth. He was taking care of the resident alien. And the widow and the orphan." Remember, this was Israel functioning as a society. The, the era of the judges may have been bloody and violent and seemingly lawless, but at least Boaz, we know, was a type of Christ, a foreshadowing of Christ, was adhering to Deuteronomy chapter 24. And as a result, Ruth was able to eat and have plenty, and Naomi was, ha- was able to have plenty, plenty, plenty to eat. Look at how God provided for Ruth and for Naomi all the way back here. If you're a social justice warrior, man, you need to read the Old Testament because God made provision like you would not believe. I know that it seems virtue signally to try to overturn things like border laws and immigration laws and things like this. I get it. I mean, immigrants are people. At the Redemption Church, you meet a lot of people who worked really hard to gain their citizenship and come through in the legal manner. So what are you to do when someone has come across your border and has arrived here? This is actually a discussion we had at our church in Nashville because we ministered to some people at one of our campuses at the time. Uh, Almost everybody who lived within proximity to that campus was undocumented, if you will. And uh, for whatever it's worth, I think you should come here legally. But the reality of the moment pastorally, it was like, well, they're here. And we're not we're not obligated as a church to report them to immigration, but we are called by God to minister to these people. And so, one of the ministries of that campus of that church be, became helping people get legal status, which was which was uh, pretty a pretty cool thing to, to 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 watch. And it was a it was an effective ministry, and it was a beautiful it was a beautiful testimony. But all the way back in the book of Judges, God would be the one to make provision. We don't live in a theocracy here. We live in a republic and we do have some entitlement programs but in my experience as exhibited here god and his church and his word we're the ones that do the best job of providing for those who are in great need god provided for ruth centuries before she was even born you can trust god you can trust his word it's phenomenal how deuteronomy chapter 24 sets the backdrop for ruth chapter one let's keep reading